Hello, everybody, and welcome to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast that and it starts... starts right now. Everybody and welcome back to McKay's Music Corner, a music discussion podcast. As you might have seen, I have an official new podcast image for this podcast, McKay's Music Corner. I'm really proud of how it turned out. I really love it. The vibes that I was going for were exactly how I wanted it with the, you know, it being raining, me being relaxed, me listening to music and having my dog Chester on the windowsill. It just was captured perfectly, and the artist worked really hard. I was very, (laughs) I felt like I was very annoying with all the changes I wanted and all these tweaks, but we finally got it to work out and just perfectly nail what I was going for. So I wanted to give an official podcast shout out to Elliot HT Art on Instagram. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-H-T art on Instagram. They did an amazing job. They were really great to work with and couldn't be happier with it. So thank you so much. All right. So now let us get in to the episode. So the first song I want to talk about today is Good Boy by John Floriani. And this was released on June 8th, 2022. So I've talked about John Floriani before. He is the lead singer of the band Trophy Eyes. And he also puts out solo music under his name, John Floriani. And so the new song was put out under his solo stuff. And as expected, it hits really hard. In a social media post promoting the release of this song, John said, It's about putting down a dog I loved. And when I saw that, I I knew I was in for an emotional ride. I think he had teased this song over his various different socials, you know, snippets of it, and asked if he should put it out. Obviously, it was a resounding yes, and the song has officially released. And yeah, as you might expect with the heartbreaking topic, it is quite an emotional song. And you know, with me having a childhood pet coming up on her last years, and having lost a pet, you know, tragically in an accident already... I can definitely relate to the emotions of this song, the loss, the grief. And I think anyone who has owned a pet can really relate to this song. And I think that's one of the reasons that this song is so impactful. It tackles a topic that is just about familiar to everyone. And while lyrically it sings about a very specific case of a loss of a pet, I think the general emotions are enough to make anyone a little teary. The song itself features acoustic guitar and John's passionate and vulnerable vocals, and pair that together with his incredible storytelling and descriptive lyricism, and you have got a terrific song. One of my favorite moments in this song happens in verse 2, where John captures the setting of where this sad goodbye takes place. The lyric says, We leave something behind in all those little waiting rooms, fluorescent lights and vending machines. The walls have seen so many other miracles but they'll be the last things you see. I just really love these lines. They give the listener a visual. You can see it in your mind, the atmosphere of it all. And then there's that heart-wrenching juxtaposition with the lyrics about within this place, sometimes pets are able to be saved, right? Their lives are able to, to go on living. 
the doctors, the vets, are able to do what they need to to make sure that pet survives. But sadly, not this time. And that really gets me. Something interesting about this song is that when it originally came out on streaming, at least on Spotify, the song was originally a bit longer in length. After the last chorus ends, there was this instrumental outro with acoustic guitar to finish the song off. And then shortly after, maybe within a week of the song being released, the song has since been updated and instead ends after the last line in the chorus is delivered. And I don't bring this up to suggest, ooh, conspiracy or anything like that, but it's more of just an interesting observation. And I think creatively, it was a wise decision to, to end on the emotional impact of the lyric, yeah, it's gonna be okay. You know, rather than the song going on a bit more with just an, an instrumental outro of the guitar. So I think it's really understandable. So I'm not, I'm not mad at all. It was just uh, something I noticed. Overall, this song is just really emotional, well-crafted, another really good John Floriani track. He's able to tackle certain topics that you might not have heard songs about before and just really deliver these really gut-punching perspectives. So if you're a fan of this type of music or you've listened to my Trophy Eyes episode before, definitely check this new song out, as well as check out his solo album titled Sin. And if you want to hear my thoughts on Trophy Eyes and his other solo work, go back to episode 9 of this podcast and give that a listen. Alright, so the next thing I want to talk about is Nowhere Generation 2 by Rise Against. And this EP was released on June 10th, 2022. So if you have listened to the Anything But Me episode of this podcast, you'll remember me mentioning how within the music video for Talking To Ourselves, there was a scannable QR code within that video that would take you to a website where you could listen to several snippets of unreleased Rise Against songs. The fans predicted it correctly, and those snippets were all from songs that make up Nowhere Generation 2, an EP sequel to their 2021 album release, Nowhere Generation. So what are my thoughts on Nowhere Generation 2? How does it compare to the 11 songs of the full-length album Nowhere Generation? Well, in my personal opinion, I think it was a success. I think the five songs of Nowhere Generation 2 are fantastic, and I think compiling them into an EP was the perfect move. I think that there are some songs that appear on Nowhere Generation 2 that are better than songs on Nowhere Generation 1, and then I think there are songs that are on Nowhere Generation 1 that are just a little better than Nowhere Generation 2 songs, if that makes sense. Either way, Nowhere Generation 2 makes for a solid new entry into Rise Against discography, and I think releasing these songs a year or so after the album released helps to keep the fans' attention and build up excitement. And nowhere within this EP do I get the impression that these songs are songs that failed to make it to the album because they weren't as good or anything, but rather they weren't included on the album because doing so would have made it too crowded, too many tracks. So I totally understand why these songs weren't on the album. And the songs that appear on Nowhere Generation 2, each of these new songs definitely feel like Nowhere Generation era Rise Against, but at the same time, there are sounds and lyrics that are very reminiscent of Rise Against earlier works. And while I enjoy every Rise Against song and think Nowhere Generation 2 was a great EP, I do hope we see the band experiment more with their sound in the future. It does seem like they are very comfortable with the style of music that they've been creating the past few years and the patterns they've been doing with that. 
So I would really love to see that extra push, that leap of faith in doing something different. Taking the sound somewhere Rise Against has never taken it before. I personally would love to see another album like 2014's release, The Black Market. That's one of my favorite albums of theirs, and I think it gets a lot of unnecessary hate and criticism. And it definitely is their most different piece of music, but a lot of those songs just really stick out to me, and I like how... I just like how it turned out. So on this EP, I think my favorite tracks would have to be Pain Management and then the final track, Holding Patterns. I really love the energy and speed of these songs. There's great drums, great guitar riffs, and we even get a taste of Tim's screaming vocals in the song Holding Patterns, which was a very pleasant surprise. The only other thing I can say is I really hope that they play one or two songs off this EP on their upcoming summer tour with The Used and Senses Fail. I'm really excited for that concert. It will be my next concert coming up in July, and I'm really excited because that concert is just an amazing lineup. Two of my favorite bands, Rise Against and The Used, back to back in one night. I think it's just gonna be a really great experience. So I hope to hear some hidden gems and to hear some songs that haven't been played before by both bands. The next thing I want to talk about today is the album The Phoenix by Grey Days, and this was released on June 17th, 2022. I am really excited to talk about this today because I haven't discussed this band on this podcast before, and I think it's really awesome. Before I get into it, let me quickly give some background about this band. So before Chester Bennington was in Lincoln Park, he was part of a band called Grey Days. And this band was active from 1993 to 1998, and they recorded a total of two full-length albums. Prior to Chester's passing, Chester Bennington had been in touch with fellow bandmate and friend Sean Dowdell with the intent of doing some reunion shows and even reworking their previous material. But unfortunately, those plans were halted indefinitely after Chester's death. But after some time had gone by, and people had time to mourn and process things, Sean Dowdell decided to complete what he and Chester had intended to do. And thus, Grey Day's 2020 album, titled Amends, was born. Amends is composed of reworked songs from Grey Day's two albums. All of the music was rewritten and modernized, but with Chester's vocals remaining intact, as per his widowed wife Talinda's one request. And that's exactly what they did. They really let Chester's early career vocals shine through and let the music further uplift his iconic voice. And like I said, this first recorded album released back in 2020, and you can really see how much everyone a part of this project wanted to honor Chester's raw talent and his wishes. The choice to release this album after Chester's death was not this malicious cash grab to make money after his death, but instead it was handled respectfully and professionally, and done so in a way that was really to respect Chester as a person and as the vocalist. And I'm just really glad they did it because I had never heard of Chester's earlier works, I had never heard of Grey Days, and mourning his loss myself, it was really great to hear his voice again hear these songs that were new to me. And now, just two years later, the band Grey Days has finished the remaining songs that were on those albums and have released the second reworked album titled The Phoenix. 
What's most wild to me is hearing just how talented Chester was from the beginning of his career. His vocals recorded back in the 90s hold up incredibly well, and the raw talent really shines through on each track. I was a huge fan of Amends when it released, so I was really excited to see this follow-up. And since The Phoenix has come out, I have listened through it quite a few times, and like Amends, it is an enjoyable and emotional experience with Chester's vocals once again. I think I would have to say that Amends still remains my favorite of the two albums. I think the song list and the way they worked those tracks really resonated with me a lot more, creating an emotional response. And the topics and themes that were covered on those songs in that album was really helpful with the mourning and the appreciation of this artist I looked up to. But that said, The Phoenix is incredible as well, and I can't wait to buy it once the CD becomes available in stores. I think it'll be like mid-July that the CD will come out. Definitely my favorite track off of The Phoenix would have to be the song Drag. The reason I like this song so much is because in the chorus, Chester belts out, Life is much too short to be intoxicated. Life is much too short to be a drag. And the reason that stood out to me so much is because knowing Chester as a person, one of the things he struggled with was drinking and drugs at an early age. And to hear him sing about this and the emotion in the vocals, it's, it's just so clear to me how much this really impacted him. And it's also just a really cool message, you know, like life's too short to spend it like that. It's cool to hear that perspective every now and then with rock and roll and because so often you, you'll hear music now that's, you know, do the drugs, get high, do it all the time. And it's just like, it's so exhausting. Not to rain on anyone's parade who do like to get high, but it just does get a little bit old. And so to hear this alternate perspective and to hear the emotional impact that it had on him, it was just really inspiring. And the instrumental work on this song, the way they reworked it, I haven't heard the original version, but they really made it just so powerful and epic. You look forward to each chorus coming back. And there are vocal variations that Chester does on on it, and it, it just it's really great. And it's just so sad to to know that this talented, incredible individual is is no longer here. You know, every year when his birthday comes around, I try to do like a little appreciation post. And I think at the in the future of this podcast, I'm definitely going to have like a Chester Bennington central episode and kind of highlight the tracks throughout his various bands and projects and really highlight those songs that really meant a lot to me and just honor him as a person and talent. Linkin Park was a huge band for me growing up. You know, I have all their albums. And so it's just really sad that he's gone. But that's what makes these reworked albums by Grey Days just so important. Another song I really like on this album is Saturation, Strange Love. That is actually the opening track to The Phoenix. And what I really like about this track is at the beginning of it, Grey Days included what seems to be a snippet from an early Grey Days concert. You can hear someone in the crowd ask Chester, are you the Lizard King? And then Chester, seemingly unfazed, responds, No, I'm not the Lizard King, but I am the King. And then the song packs a huge emotional punch with Chester's screams. The song starts, the album kicks off, 
And oh my gosh, it gives me chills. It's such a cool moment. It's such a cool callback as well. They really were able to capture the the youth and the, the you know the personality of Chester. And I'm just I'm just really happy with it. And there are moments like that throughout both this album and their first one, Amends. Some other cool moments on this album are in the song Hole. Chester Bennington's daughters actually give a bit of vocals on that track. Yeah, quite a few of Chester's uh, children do appear throughout these two Grey Days albums. And I think it's a really cool way to honor him and kind of get his children to feel closer to their dad after his passing. Just overall, I'm just really happy with it. So if you're a fan of Chester Bennington, you know, Linkin Park, then I would definitely recommend you listen to these two albums. The Phoenix, it just came out. Listen to these albums and you'll get to hear just how talented Chester was in his early days. And I think it's also a very comforting experience to listen to this music too, if you were a fan of his. Alright, so the last thing I want to talk about today is the recent concert I attended with my husband, the Rex concert, and this took place at Soundwell on June 16th, 2022. So the Rex recently put out their second full-length album titled Sonder, and to promote this album, they went on tour with Girl House and Moth, and they did stop by in Utah, so me and Jordan went to this concert, and here is the set list for that concert. Out of Style, Figure This Out, I Love This Part, Feels So Nice, This Life I Have, Dystopia, Freaking Out, Ugly Side, Normal, Four, Sonder, Fuck Somebody, Where Are You Now, James Dean, then they left the stage, and then came back for an encore to perform, Infinitely Ordinary, and of course, Favorite Liar. And yeah, it was a great concert. I, I think we can say without fail we've been to just about every The Rex concert that has taken place here in Utah. Maybe there was like one early, early concert that, that they did here, but I'll have to look into it. But I'm pretty sure we've gone to every concert of theirs, whether they're headlining or not. It was really cool to hear the new songs off their album Sonder. I Love This Part is one of my favorite songs off there. The song Sonder, you know, the... The title track, that one is one of my favorites too. I really love that song. And I was really glad to hear them perform these. And of course, sprinkled throughout are songs off of their other albums and EPs. And I was really grateful to hear those as well. One of the highlights of this concert was there was a moment where Nick, the singer, he did some solo guitar songs. And apparently these were the live debuts of these two tracks. He did mention he was really nervous. He'd never played these before. These would be the debut of these songs, but he really nailed it. You know, you could tell there was some nervousness, but he really nailed it. And it was cool to hear these stripped down tracks. And those were Ugly Side and Normal. But yeah, the crowd, the crowd loved it as always. And everyone was really happy to hear the Favorite Liar song. They can't leave that off the set list ever. If, if, they, if they do, there will be riots in the streets. But yeah, it was a fun concert. We were definitely really tired, me and Jordan. Concerts are taking a lot out of us now. I think we're getting a bit older. I have some time to rest before the Rise Against and the Use concert in July, so I, I look forward to having some time off. 
but there are definitely some upcoming months this year that are just gonna be jam-packed of concerts and events, and I really hope I can, one, have a, the energy enough to do it, two, have the money to afford merch if I want it, and then three, I hope I don't get sick. Because if I get sick, that is gonna suck, I'm gonna miss things. So fingers crossed. So yeah, their new, their second full-length album was released, Sonder. And I do have some mixed feelings about this album. I don't think it's my favorite work of theirs. It's really hard to beat the classics like Panic Vertigo EP, or you know, the three-song EP that Favorite Liar appears on. But I think with enough time, like listening to the songs a few more times, I'll, I'll learn to love some of them more. That's definitely what happened to me with Infinitely Ordinary, their debut album. A lot of those songs had to grow on me, and you know, now I really look forward to hearing them live. But yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Those are the new songs and releases I wanted to talk about today. I look forward to future episodes. If you have any interest, please follow me on Instagram at McKay's Music Corner. And I've recently even created a subreddit, McKay's Music Corner. So if you're a Redditor, go to that subreddit, show it some love. I'll be putting up some episode discussions and hopefully something can come out of that. All right, well, this is McKay's Music Corner, signing off.